morning. Thank you, class. As you can see, Mike is doing just peachy this morning. So here we are. All excited about celebrating Sarah's birthday today. Her her 23rd birthday. For like the ninth time. Um, no, you know, they, they, they say that a, a diplomat remembers a lady's birthday but conveniently forgets her age. But I know her so well, I have to know how old she is. So anyway, here we are. And uh, we may as well just uh, invite the presence of the Lord. Jesus, we thank you for this day, for all that you've done, and for your word to us. We're grateful. And I just pray that this morning your spirit would break up the the fallow ground in our hearts, Lord God, that we would uh, have hearts to receive that which you would say to us, God, that we would, like the the Bereans in the book of Acts, God, that we would uh, examine this word, Lord God, and that we would examine ourselves by it, Lord God, to to see whether these things are in us, Lord God. Uh, God, Sometimes you talk to us... uh, in very serious ways, and it, and it can be disconcerting, Lord God, but we can check ourselves by that word, Lord God, and the things that you tell us are for our good always. And so, God, I just pray that you would touch this word today, God, and bring it forth exactly as you would have. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, now that you're all nervous, uh, go with me to Deuteronomy 28. You know, the thing is, is, uh, and you all know better, but it's easy to think that because we have mercy and because we have grace, that we can just kind of do whatever we'd like. And uh, and as I said, you all know better than that. But uh, it's an easy mindset to fall into, you know, when... Uh, when your flesh is like a little kid trying to sell you on why this is a good idea. It's like, well, I'd, you know, I'd, uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, in Deuteronomy 6, he, tell, he tells us, I want you to, when you come into the promised land, I want you to take these things and I want you to teach them diligently to your children. And I want you to talk about it when you're sitting in your house. I want you to talk about it while you're in the way. And I, I want your life to be about this. And uh, and he says, I want you to, he says, you should obey the, the word of God for your good always. You know, because it's easy to uh, to think of it as, it's like, well, I'd, that would be really fun, but God said no. So I, I, let's, let's not do that. But he, he spells it out clearly for us. And you all know that, that the Ten Commandments are, are that tear proofing that, that Ron's always talked about. And so, you know, uh, if you haven't read Deuteronomy in a while, I, I highly recommend going back and, and just reading it again because you get this this sense of Moses just reiterating over and over and over again. To, he's like, do this right. Like you, you know what God wants you to do, now do it right. And... And and it, to me, it takes on this like sense of pleading, almost like it's like, please do this right. So uh, in in Deuteronomy 28, 
you know, I was, I was thinking this week about the things that, that we talked about in church last Sunday, about the, the sons of Belial. So uh, as I was praying about the service today and getting these things together, I kind of thought, well, this is sort of like a beginner's handbook for how to not end up one of those. So, so I'm going to start in Deuteronomy 28. And I tried to, I wanted to narrow this down a little bit for, you know, just the sake of making it easier. But the more I looked at this chapter, the more I thought, you know what, I'm just going to read this entire thing. Because you really get, you just really get the sense of what God's saying when you read the entire thing. So, bear with me. And it shall come to pass that if you shall hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, observe and to do all his commandments which I command you this day that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you and it shall and if you shall hearken to the voice of the Lord your God blessed shall you be in the city blessed shall you be in the field blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of the ground the fruit of thy cattle the increase of thy kind the flocks of thy sheep, blessed shall you be in your basket and your store. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. I mean, that's that's kind of that's, that's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, the Lord shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face, and they shall come out against you one way, and they shall flee before you seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing on you in the storehouses and in all that you set your hand to. And he shall bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you a holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto you, that if you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods, and in the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy cattle, the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open to you his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thy hand. You shall lend unto many nations, and you shall not borrow. The Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only, and you shall not be beneath. And if you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day to observe and do them, you shall not go aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. So that sounds like quite the incentive to, to do the right thing. You know, uh, Mike and I have been in business uh, about seven and a half years now. And last year, uh, in the springtime, about a year, year and a half ago or so, we were in a, a real slow patch. We were coming out of this winter that just wasn't the best. And work was kind of slow. And, and uh, we... Uh, had become accustomed to the certain level of blessing that, that God had just kind of just kept pouring out on us. And, you know, we started our business with no idea what we were doing other than how to actually paint stuff. But there's a lot more to a painting business than just painting stuff. That's why I have Mike. But um, we had become accustomed to God just taking us by the hand and leading us through all this stuff and just dumping stuff in our lap that was just a blessing. And so things were a little slow, and rather than take it to prayer and say, okay, God, you know, I kind of have some time on my hands here. What, what, 
what do you want me to do with this? Or, you know, is there a reason things are this slow? Talk to me about this. Rather than do that, which would have been a good idea, we just both kind of started griping about it. And it's like, well, this sucks. Like I, you know, felt like the penguins in Madagascar when they finally made it to Antarctica and it was cold and miserable. And I thought, well, this wasn't what I expected at all. Okay. But, you know, it's like our, for all these years that we had been in business, we had been living in this place. And uh, you know, just blessed. Everything we touched just turned to gold. And we were just blessed. Everything turned out right. Everything turned out well. People loved us. And uh, things just went smooth. And uh, uh, as, you know, rather than the complaining fixing that, it made it worse. You know, I mean, we got busy. God gave us some work to do that wasn't terribly profitable and was quite taxing, challenging. And uh, um, and so we made we made ends meet all summer, but we uh, we were definitely not living in this blessing place. It was like we were bringing forth fruit by the sweat of our brow. You know, it's like I was used to coming to work, working for like six hours, and being like, eh, this is a different color. My job is done. Go home. <laughs> Put my feet up, have a cup of coffee, you know, just relax. That's kind of, that's, that's how I roll. But uh, it wasn't really going like that so much. It was it was work going to work really early and coming home really late and just barely, barely making everything work together. And, uh, you know, we had a good time working together. I mean, when you work with your best friend, you, you know, that's fun. Just, hey, we get to spend more time together. This is wonderful. Let's grow together. eventually we got you know longed for better looking company but um, God brought us into this place where it's like so this is kind of lame isn't it like yeah yeah it really is like I, I, I I liked the thing where we were working less and making more instead of working more and making less and uh, Scott started dealing with us about, it's like, well, you remember how, you know, you acted like I wasn't taking care of you? And things weren't, you know, because things weren't going the way you wanted them to? Yeah. It's like, well, you know better than that. And you're not going to talk like that about me because you know better. And, wow, okay. So, you know, we, we really did business with the Lord, and it was like, like man, God, I, I'm ready to go back into the blessing place, you know, and and so and so we did. I mean, you know, we it was really simply a matter of just repenting and straightening those things out before the Lord and, and just getting our heart right with Him, and and then the, you know, not only did we come back to that that uh, level of blessings that were, of, with which we were accustomed, but He went over and above that. Because that's what God does. He just he he just he loves to just dump out blessings on you, you know. And and uh, I appreciate him doing that. So this next bit is a is kind of you know somewhat reminiscent of last summer to me a little bit. But it, uh, verse fifteen. But it shall come to pass if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all His commandments and His statutes which I command you this day that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shall you be in the city, cursed shall you be in the field, 
curse shall be your basket in the store. You know, and don't get me wrong, you know, I, I say that, but we weren't really so much in a place of being cursed so much as it's like, well, you know, I mean, if that's the way you, you want to look at this, then we can, we can work that way, you know, because I, I certainly wouldn't say that we were cursed, but it was definitely a, a difficult place because he's talking here about coming into the land and you, you've got the word that God has given you and you know what to do and you're not doing it. That's what he's talking about here. So he says, Cursed shall you be in the city, cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket in thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shall you be when you come in. Cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall send upon you cursing and vexation and rebuke in all that you set your hand unto for to do until you be destroyed, until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings whereby you have forsaken me. And the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee till he has consumed thee off the land whither thou goest to possess it. And the Lord will smite you with a consumption and a fever and an inflammation and an extreme burning and with the sword and blasting and mildew. And they shall pursue you until you perish. And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. And the Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust and from heaven it shall come down on you till you be destroyed. And the Lord will cause you to be smitten before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. You shall be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. And thy carcass shall be meat unto all the fowls of the air and the beasts of the earth. And no man shall fray them away. The Lord will smite you with the botch of Egypt and with emeralds and the scab and the itch whereof you cannot be healed. And the Lord will smite you with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. You shall grope at noonday as the blind gropes in darkness, and you shall not prosper in your ways. And you shall be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. You shall build a house, and you shall not dwell therein. You shall plant a vineyard, and you shall not gather the grapes thereof. Thine ox shall be slain before thine eyes, and you shall not eat it. Thine ass shall be violently taken away from before thy face, and shall not be restored to thee. Thy sheep shall be given to thine enemies. You shall have none to rescue them. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given to another people, and thine eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long. And there shall be no might in thine hand. And the fruit of thy land and all thy labors shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up. And thou shalt be only oppressed and crushed always, so that you shall be mad for the sight of your eyes, which you shall see. And the Lord shall smite you in the knees and the legs, and with a sore botch that cannot be healed from the sole of thy foot to the top of thy head. And the Lord shall bring thee and thy king, which thou shalt set over thee, unto a nation which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. And there shalt thou serve other gods, wood and stone. And you shall become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all the nations where the Lord shall lead thee. And that certainly happened to them. You shall carry out much seed into the field, and shall gather but little in, for the locust shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and dress them. You shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes. For the worm shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all your coasts, but you shall not anoint yourself with oil. The olive shall cast his fruit. You shall beget sons and daughters, but you shall not enjoy them. For they shall go into captivity. And all thy trees and fruit of thy land shall the locusts consume. The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and you shall come down very low. He shall lend to thee, but thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. 
Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till they be destroyed, because you hearken not to the voice of the Lord your God, to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they shall be to thee for a sign and a wonder upon thy seed forever, because you serve not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all the things. Therefore shall you serve your enemies, which the Lord shall send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in want of all things. He shall put a yoke of iron on your neck till he has destroyed thee. And the Lord shall bring a nation against thee from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flies. A nation whose tongue you shall not understand, a nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. He shall eat the fruit of your cattle, the fruit of your land, till you be destroyed. Which also shall not leave thee either corn, or wine, or oil, or the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep, until he has destroyed thee. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates, until thy high and fenced walls come down, wherein thou trusted throughout all thy land. And he shall besiege thee in thy gates throughout all thy land, which the Lord thy God has given thee. And you shall eat the fruit of your own body, the flesh of your sons and your daughters, which the Lord your God has given you, in the siege and in the straightness, wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee, so that the man that is tender among you and delicate, his eye, his eye shall be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom and toward the remnant of his children which he shall leave so that he will not give to any of them the flesh of his children whom he shall eat because he has nothing left him in the siege and the straightness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in thy gates and the tender and delicate woman among you which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot on the ground for delicateness and tenderness her eye shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom and toward her son and her daughter and toward the young one that comes out between her feet, and toward her children which she shall bear, for she shall eat them for want of all things secretly in the siege and the straightness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in thy gates. If you will not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful, the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues, and of long continuance, and sore sickness, and of long continuance. Moreover, he will bring upon you the diseases of Egypt, which you were afraid of, and they shall cleave unto you. Also, every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of this law, then will the Lord bring upon you till you be destroyed, and you shall be left few in number, whereas you were as the stars of heaven for multitude, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and to multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you. And bring you to nothing, and you should be plucked off the land, whether you go to possess it. And the Lord will scatter you among the people, from the one end of the earth even to the other. And there you shall serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. And among these nations you shall find no ease, neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest. But the Lord will give thee a trembling heart, and failing of eyes, and sorrow of mind. And thy life shall hang in doubt before thee, and you shall fear day and night, and shall have none assurance in this life. In the morning she say, Would God it were evening. In the evening you would say, Would God it were the morning. For the fear of your heart, wherewith you shall fear, and the sight of thine eyes, which thou shalt see. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships, by the way whereof I spoke unto you. Thou shalt see it no more again. And there shall you be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man will buy you. Doesn't that sound like the United States? You know, I wish it were evening. God, I wish it were morning. I just wish this day was over. You know, and just, just vexation and fear and torment. I mean, it's like you watch the news. I mean, I, you can't really sit through the news. Like, I usually just kind of flip through and look at the headlines, and it's like, I, I don't want to read that. No, I don't want to. I don't want to know. That's, that's just, that's plenty right there. 
you know, and and you know, you can see that. So we can see around us the the beginnings of those things that he's talking about here. That consequence of of not obeying the word of God, you know, because it definitely has a, a very negative effect, you know. And it's it's hard not to read this without just kind of getting like this heavy kind of dread in the pit of your stomach, like oh that. That's bad. That's really, really bad. You know, but it's like this is what the sons of Belial did. Like they, they had the word, they knew the word, but they didn't obey it. It's like, well, I'd really rather do things my way. Like I had this idea and I really liked it. And I, I read this and I thought it said this and you're not gonna tell me any different. And uh so it's a you know, it's I just I felt like reading the entire thing because it really gives you the sense of you know God isn't playing a game when he's talking to them about this. He's like you know like I want to bless you up and down and just coming in going out and just I, I, that's what I want for you. But you're gonna have to obey my word, you know. And and to some extent, some of those blessings. And those cursings are directly related as consequence to whether or not we obey. You know, because if you, you know, if you kill somebody in your mind, for example, it's like, or or even if you actually literally killed somebody, it's like there's going to be a consequence to that. That uh, you know, it's it's not like wow, God is, you know, pouring out all this terror on me. It's like well, I killed somebody, and so that conviction comes on. Go with me to Deuteronomy 30. You know, Ron kind of gave me a scare on Wednesday when he's like, turn with me to Deuteronomy. Because I thought, dang it. He is going to steal my scripture before I get a chance to steal his. It's like, yeah, I can't, I can't have this. If I can't, if I can't win, I'm not going to play. So, I grew up with Mike. He can tell you that's true. Well, actually, Mike beat me at everything that we played growing up. We'd play Monopoly, and I would just be sure that I had him. And then he would, like, have hoarded these $500 bills underneath the board. He just kind of slipped them there. Never mind that he was also the banker. So... He runs the financial side of our business as well. So, no, but no, seriously, you know, um, uh, in thirty, thirty to me, in starting in verse eleven, this this seems like a really great recap for everything that we just read, kind of boiling down everything that we just read in Deuteronomy twenty-eight. It says, this is the commandment which I command you this day. It's not hidden from you, neither is it far off. So he's saying it's not like you don't you don't have access to this. You know, in uh, in our country, you know, we talk about ignorance of the law. This that's no excuse. You know, but he's saying it's like here it is. It's not hidden from you. It, neither is it far off. It's not in heaven that you should say who will go up for us to heaven and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. And that's what the children of Israel wanted when they when they heard the voice of God on Sinai. They were afraid. 
of the, the voice and the, the fire. And they, they, they said, hey, Moses, why don't you go up there and, and you get the stuff and then you bring it back to us because I'm kind of terrified to hear it from him. And, uh, but he's saying, you don't, you don't need to do that. He's like, I, here it is. Because it's not in heaven that you should say who would go up for us to heaven and bring it to us. We may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say who would go over the sea for us, bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh unto thee in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. So, you know, he talks about in Jeremiah, he's like, you know, in the, uh, later on I'm going to make a covenant with my people where I'm going to put my laws into their mind and into their heart. I'm going to write it there. You know, and, that, and we all know that God does that to us. He comes in and he changes the way you think. You know, because a brain transplant works way better than don't do this, don't do this. You know, and I, I wish I could do that to my children sometimes because it's like you think I wish that I could just make him understand why this is not okay. It's like it's really hard to articulate, but it's not. It's not okay. You can't do that. And uh, you know, if if all of my kids thought like me, then my house would go really smooth because then nothing would upset me. So. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but he says this word is in your is it's near you, it's in your mouth, it's in your heart. And so so even here from the very beginning he's saying, I I'm putting this in your heart because that's what we do. David said, I, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So so the right here that's what he's saying. He's like Put this in your heart. At the beginning of Deuteronomy, he's like, teach this to your kids. And, uh, you know, talk about this. He's like, put it on the gates of your house. Put it on the doorposts. Like, you know, this this thing should be your your focus. Because, you know, there's more to serving God than do's and don'ts. And you all know that. At the same time, you can't really have relationship with God if you don't obey him. Because he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so, uh, you know, he, he expects that, that obedience, and, and it's for our good. Like, like he, again, I, maybe I should have thrown it in in Deuteronomy 6 where he says, you know, that, well, let me just read it. Keep your thumb there. We'll be right back. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 6 at the, at the end of the chapter. Uh, verse 20. And when your son asks you in time to come, what means these testimonies and statutes and judgments which the Lord our God commanded you? You should say to your son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt and upon Pharaoh and upon his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. So it's not going to be your justification. It's not going to be the thing that makes the pearly gates swing open when you get there. But, but, but he's giving you a basis for right action. And, and he, I can't think of where it is, but elsewhere he talks about the, the, the other nations seeing 
like, wow, what a people is this that has God this near to them with this this wonderful uh, this wonderful culture and this wonderful law and everything and this amazing God. Uh, where was that? And back in Deuteronomy 31, so he says that word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it, and that's why we teach our children. You know, this this week uh, I I read the the Bible to the children at night before bed and. Uh, comment on it some I know that surprises you and uh, we've, we've been reading about um, Jesus's uh, uh, arrest and crucifixion and everything the trial and all that stuff and um, I we were talking about Gethsemane reading about that talking about the garden and uh, Jeremy who's always a rather thoughtful lad like he said dad why why is why is he praying to God? I thought you said he is God. I'm like ah, it's like that's quite the observation. It's like I'm, I'm glad you're paying attention. Let's talk about that. And so we talked about that some. And uh, like, have have you have you been listening enough in church to know about the four faces? And he's like, yeah, the the lion and the eagle and the ox and. Like the man's like, yes, the man, yes. And so like so he knows this stuff. And I thought, wow, that's that's awesome. Like in second grade. And you know, I just I was like, that's my boy right there. But but you know, that's that's what we do is we start out putting those things in them. And it gives them something to, to, to stand on. I I keep telling my children, you know, it's like we, we you know, we talk about this stuff and they're always you know, hearing Cynthia and I have these conversations about the word and things, and and uh, you know, I keep reminding them, it's like we're not like everybody else, and it's like we're not better than everybody else, but we're not like everybody else. It's like all the people you go to school with and stuff, they're and their their parents, they're not they're not that they're bad people, but they are not like us, and we want them to be like us, you know, so so we can pray for them, and. Uh, and, and what we do is we just we just we just live right in front of them. We we set an example because Jeremy keeps telling me how his class isn't following the rules very well about talking and stuff. You know, talking out of turn and everything. And um, and I was surprised to find that he has not been carried away with their dissimulation because he's a rather talkative child. <laughs> you know, you know he's he's very engaging when he talks to you. He gets his eyes going and he and he selling you on why this is good. You know, it's like if anybody could get you interested in something childish that you wouldn't be interested in, he can. You know, but uh uh and he was saying he's like, Well no, I, I haven't been I haven't he hasn't gotten on to me about talking out of turn or whatever. I was like, see? Then you just keep setting a good example for them. You know, and and that's you know, that's uh in a nutshell, that's kind of a dumbed-down thing of what God wants us to do. Just set a good example because people can see Him in a people that don't act like everybody else. You know, or you know, Paul said, you know, they think it's strange that you don't run to the same excess of riot that they do, and they want to know why. It's like, and you, you don't seem like you're miserable about it. You know, it's like you look like you're having a party. It's like, well, I am because my party doesn't cost me anything later. So, 
so this right here to me is like just the statement after reading uh, chapter 28. It says, see, I have set before you this day life and good and death and evil, in that I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God shall bless you in the land whether you go to possess it. But if your heart turn away so that you will not hear, but you be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce to you this day that you will surely perish and that you will not prolong your days on the land whether you pass over the Jordan to go and possess it. I call heaven and earth to record against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live and that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice and that you may cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob to give it to them. So he's, you know, Moses is, is pleading with them you know, he's because he's gone all this way in the wilderness with them. Uh, early on in Deuteronomy, you know, he starts out, he's like, you know, we went here and this happened. We went here and this happened. We went here and this happened. And he's like, you know, I've been with you all this time. And you're a stiff-necked and rebellious people. And so it's like, so he knows what kind of people he's he's talking to. And, you know, flesh is just like that. And, and everybody has this thing in their flesh that's like, I but I, I want to do things my way. I, I, I like that little thing. And, uh, and, he, and he's saying, you know, I've set before you life and good and death and evil. And so he says, choose the good. You know, I can just picture him just kind of... So choose the good. You know, explaining it as plainly as he can. You know, makes me think of a... A uh, little thing that we referenced with uh, with Ron on Friday night at the party is like when when I was a child, uh, we went to Honduras with Ron, and I, we did indeed think as children, spake as children, and acted like children. And uh, we were in the airport waiting for this flight. And you know, for those of you who were around 20 years ago, you know how irresponsible and silly we were. And uh, um, people were kind of staring, as people are wont to do when you make a spectacle of yourself in public. And uh, finally, Ron's like, hey guys, um, now, if you look around, you will see that no one else in the airport is doing the kinds of things that you're doing. <laughs> so by this point, we're kind of standing there, <laughs> tail between our legs. Now, there's that taste again. I, I, I picture that with Moses. Yeah. Now, what I am hoping, he's like, this is not a command. I'm not giving you a demand. But what I'm hoping, and he just kind of paused there, and I, I, I ventured to speak. And I said, I said, well, stop. And yes. And so, okay, went and sat down, 
quietly, civilized, like everyone else in the airport. So, but you know, I, I just I kind of see Moses like, please, please choose life, because you you know you know this thing. It's not like you don't know it. It's right here, and we just finished talking about all of it. I mean, how many of you, you know, dealt with your kids about something? And it's like, didn't we just talk about this five minutes ago? Five minutes. You know, Levi always tells me I forgot. <laughs> Like, you forgot. It's like, we just had this discussion. You left the room and did it again. What do you mean you forgot? But, you know, uh, someone once had a dream that uh, Levi was Curious George. And, yeah, that needs no interpretation. But, you know, I... It's, to see him, there's this one book we have where George is listening to these stories and he's, all over the place. And I was like, wow, this is Levi in church. Uh, so, but, you know, the book was really good for me because the very first one, Curious George book, he's like, you know, he tries to be a good little monkey, but sometimes little monkeys forget. And I thought, well, sometimes little boys do forget. Okay. You know, and so, you know, and God knows we forget, and that's why he gave us the blood. But but the thing is, is and that's always the thing, you know, that's we were talking about that this morning, Cynthia and I, about it's interesting that he says it should be your righteousness to keep these commandments because it's it's not the way into heaven. And it's easy to look at that statement and think that's what he's saying. But he's talking about, you know, those right actions. And he's like, this. I'm telling you, this is how you act right. This is how you, this is what I'm expecting of you. And every... Every parent, every teacher, every employer knows that you have to set clear expectations for behavior uh, and then and then have consistency and follow through. Otherwise, you have chaos. And uh, so that's, that's why you see those big families, like the, the older kids, watch out for the littler kids. And everything is all structured because otherwise mother would go crazy. Uh, go with me to James. Chapter 1. I told someone on Friday that this uh, the service might be a, a little frightening this morning, since I was planning on reading all of Deuteronomy 28. And they, they said to the person next to them, I think we should be late on Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. No. No. But, you know, but the great thing is, is you know, we, we try ourselves with the word. You know, because when God talks really serious, everybody feels that sense of, ooh, that, that, that feeling you get reading Deuteronomy 28. Everybody feels that. But then you, you take your your life, and you examine yourself by that word. Like, well, am I, am I doing this stuff? Yes. Well, then then I better get it straightened out. Am I doing this stuff? No. Well, happy day. You know? And, you know, I mean, seriously, it's really that simple. You know, I, I, I for years, I would come to church, and 
I, I felt like I was just kind of rolling the dice, hoping for a feel-good sermon, because I couldn't figure out the difference between when God was talking to me about something or not. And so I would show up to church. I was like, yes, feel-good sermon. Everything's great. You go home and woohoo. Come to church the next weekend, and he'd be talking about something really serious and something that didn't even apply to me, but I couldn't see it. And I would just go away with that feeling of, oh, man, God hates my guts. You know, and and so, you know, I, I, you know when God talks about things that are really serious, it's important to, to just kind of, you know, stay calm. Because it makes me want to panic sometimes, but it's like you just, you, you look at your life by the word of God. It's like, you know, God, you talk to me. It's like, is this something that you're telling me that I need to do differently? You know, because I, I've been in services where that were really serious. You know, it's like you know, like we've got Abel and Cain going on here, and we need to knock it off. And I'd be like, okay, well, it's not me. Never mind then. Okay. So it's important to, to be able to, to figure that out. You know, to have God show you because God will talk to you. You know, and you know the devil loves to take anything that God is talking about and try and get you to feel like you're missing it, or that that he's that God is talking to you about this, but you just don't see it, and so God's going to get you. And uh, you know, God will make it abundantly clear if you sat through the service and you did, and He was talking to you and you did miss it, then He'll bring it back around again because He's not going to He's not just going to you know start uh, you know take you into this arid wasteland of a place without trying to get you to understand. Because he knows how to get your attention. Uh, in James 1, uh, verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. I think that's an interesting statement. Swift to hear and slow to speak. You know, because how often do we have conversations with somebody... And while they're talking, we're not actually listening to what they're saying so much as we're planning our next statement. You know, I, I I find myself doing that. And actually, after I was studying this this week, I thought, man, like my kids would come up and tell me something, and I'm like thinking about something totally different while I'm nodding along. I'm like, man, that's that's not good. I need to focus in and listen. You know, so God wants us to listen. You know, and to to be swift to hear what He has to say. And not not be planning some kind of rebuttal the whole time he's talking. Um, it says, "Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness," which is, is just a great phrase. Superfluity of naughtiness, because superfluous means that it is over and above and extra and completely and utterly unnecessary. Which naughtiness—that's a good word. Naughtiness is indeed superfluous in our life. So lay. Lay apart, therefore, filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. You know, because God wants a humble heart that would just that would accept it. It's like like Mary, she she didn't get what the angel was saying to her, but she said, "So be it unto me then," just like you said. And so that word is a living thing that brings that that brings salvation to us. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Here's those sons of Belial again. If you be a hearer of the word and not a doer, then he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. 
For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. You know, mirrors are, are great. I don't know how many times I've gone somewhere, just like Ron's talked about, you know. You, you get where you're going, hit the little boy's room, and you're thinking, man, nobody told me about that thing on my face. Dang it. <laughs> well, and so, so we, we look into the Word of God and we, and we see that, uh, those things that are there. It's like, hey, you, 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 know, you got some spinach in your teeth. Like, okay, well then let's, let's get rid of that. For he beholds himself, goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in his deed. So there's that blessing for obeying the word of God again. Because if we if we hear it and we do it, then we're blessed. You know, and, and that's what Jesus talked about in Matthew seven. You know, he's like, you can, you can, if you hear my words and you don't do it, it's like building your house with no foundation. Uh, Bobby and Lori lived in a building that uh, is like they just they built it on the dirt, and the doors didn't shut, and it was pathetic. And you know, on a really stormy afternoon, it's like, I, you guys want to go to my house? I lived in a trailer, but it felt safer there. You know, but but. Uh, Jesus said that if you hear my words and you do it, then it's like building your house on a rock. And everybody knows that you 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 build on concrete and you bolt your house down to it with these really humongous bolts. And that's that's how it's done. If any man among you seems to be religious and bridles not his tongue but deceives his own heart, then this man's religion is in vain. So it's like all right, you can you know your your walk and your talk have to match. And uh, because actions speak louder than words anyway. So if you talk a certain way, but your actions don't line up with it, then people people are going to take what you're doing over what you're saying. Pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So it's not this great religious thing. It's it's just love. It's like do do those do those things. Take care of those people that need that need you. Okay, one more quick thing. Go with me to Psalms 119. That would be in verse 9. Now this uh, this first uh, verse I'm going to read here has always been a really uh, precious verse to me, uh, having been a young man once. Um, because, you know, the, the book of Proverbs starts out talking about the purpose of the book being to give you know, to the young man, judgment and prudence and equity and, and all these things. And so, and really that's what the whole Word of God is for. You know, I just, and it just always, it really struck me when, uh, back when I was, I don't know, a teenager, I think, how he talks about, like in Proverbs, he said, this is for the young man to learn this stuff. I was like, okay, well, that would be me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get down on this. But he says in verse 9, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. So, he's like, so how 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 am I going to keep my walk clean? How am I going to do the stuff that God's wanting me to do? By paying attention and holding up my light, my life to the light of the word of God. With uh, with my whole heart, have I sought thee? Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Now, this is a great prayer. You know, like like God, I I don't want to be a son of Belial, so. This, this is what I'm asking you. 
With my whole heart have I sought you. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of thy mouth, and I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect to your ways, and I will delight myself in thy statutes, and I will not forget thy word. So, so we don't want to forget the things that God tells us. We don't want to. We want to take take heed lest we let those things slip at any time, like Paul said. So, so God talks to us about. You know, here's my word. Hear it, do it, and there's a blessing in that because the, you know, you find when you when you are not following the word of God, then those those blessings just kind of evaporate. So, so if you seem to be in a place where the blessings are not, then then that's when you go back to God and ask, and and you and you you honestly. Search your life. It's like God, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look through my life here, and I want you to help me with this. I want you to leaf through my life with me and tell me. It's like, is there something here that you're dealing with me about, or am I just in a spot where I'm learning to trust you more? Um, where am I at? But uh, if we if we are careful to take heed to our ways to obey the Word of God, then it. Uh, uh, puts us in a place of safety. It's like leaving. It's like locking your doors at night before you go to bed. It's like, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my my gates locked because I'm not gonna let anything in. So, so God's a good God. And Jesus, we thank you for this day and for your word to us. God, we just pray that you plant these things deep inside of us, cause them to take root downward and to grow upward in us. And God, we want the world to to see in us. Uh, you, God, not not because we, um, not because we have some righteousness of our own, God, but because you've given us uh, a power to make up our mind that we're going to obey you, and and God, we look to you for the follow through and the the places where we need it, Lord, and we just pray that you would strengthen every heart in this place, Lord, and that you would keep us on that straight and narrow path. Lord God, that, that you would give us nothing but truth, God, that none of us would uh, be like those sons of Belial that would uh, choose to do things our own way. Lord God, because you've you've given us access to your word, you've given us clear expectation of what you want for our lives. And God, we just pray that you would uh, bless this day. God, touch this, this morning service, Lord God. God, bless the the singing, bless the word, God bless the prayers, God everything that you would do in this place today we want you to lead us through this place God and uh, whatever it is that you want from us God that's what we want to do God whatever you have to say to us God we, we want ears to hear it Lord God we just want to offer you uh, uh, surrender and praise and glory and honor Lord God and to give you all of ourselves, God, just as you you said was our reasonable service. God, we pray it and ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen.